There is hope for us yet I am Holly Whitaker, and I am Laura McCowan, and this is Home Podcast. Hey, girl. How are you? I am a little scattered, I think. You are scattered. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Damn. Oh. Any number of reasons. What time is it there right now? It's two o'clock, so it's eight, there. eight, eight p.m. Eight, eight there. <laughs> it's eight there. It's eight, eight there where I am. <laughs> it's eight there where I am. It's eight. Yeah. Um. It's that's not it. Um. I don't know what it is. Who cares? Well, um, long life. Long life. Long life. It's been a long life. That's why I'm scattered. Um. I'm good. Um, drinking, oh my God, have I told you this? 1.5 liter bottles of fizzy water are like 30 cents a piece. So I, yeah, I have a fridge. There's like no food in my fridge. There's like tomatoes and, and stone fruit and like 20 bottles of <laughs> fizzy water. <laughs> it's so cheap. Uh, that sounds perfect. I know. And I love the shape of the bottles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. How are you? I'm good too. I am good. I just, it feels like it's summer and mm-hmm. my daughter has been way more in my hair. Um, like today, I actually was kind of looking forward to when school starts again, um, which makes me really sad. But yeah, I'm good. I'm just having a hard time getting a groove with things yeah I feel you momentum we were talking about yesterday it's hard to get momentum in the summer it's like ugh. very, very. Ugh. yeah I wish I could just relax into it more but um but I'm struggling with that I relaxed into it today something changed after you and I talked yesterday today I just was like I got my stuff done and I was like yeah. like I actually didn't stress today about um not working and um good yeah, I'll say. That's probably why I'm scattered, because I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Where's, my, where's my go brain? <laughs> it's gone. Go is gone. Um, yeah, All right, I let's, I want to get, let's get into this letter, but first, um, but make first, a couple. A selfie. But first, a selfie, a couple announcements, or just a couple promotional things uh, and upcoming stuff. I still, my book, uh, my ebook, small ebook, it's 19 pages, uh, six mantras for early recovery is on my website and it's $6 and it will be up forever, um, or as long as people want it, but I just wanted to remind folks that it's there. And a second thing I wanted to announce or put up or talk about uh, because the registration goes up this week any second now uh, for the She Recovers Symposium which will be in May um, I believe May May 5th through 7th 5th and 7th yeah I was gonna say 5th through 7th in New York City in 2017 it is um, hosted by She Recovers which is Don Nickel and Taryn Strong um mother and daughter and it is going to be amazing glennon is keynoting along with marianne williamson gabby bernstein gabby bernstein and elena elena brower will be there doing um a spoken word elizabeth vargas (laughs) yeah i know it's insane and we'll be there yes and it's just it's uh, it's only for women i think we need to make that clear Mm -hmm. Um, yep. And then Laura and I are going to be on a panel of bloggers with uh, eight other bloggers. Um, and not only that, it's yep. just like if you're involved in this community, then you've, I'm sure, seen a lot of the same people in some of the threads. And it's it's really just like uh, it's it's going to be a really great chance for a lot of us to come together and just actually meet each other in real life um, while we get to mm-hmm. listen to some wonderful women, like powerful women that have influenced me on my path so much. I'm like, re- I'm in the middle of reading A Return to Love right now. We know like Glennon and Gabby and Mm -hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited. Elena. So yeah, 
And it's small. There's limited space. So the registration uh, goes up this week. Keep your eyes peeled on the She Recovers page on Facebook or their website. Uh, I would imagine it will sell out very quickly. Yep. Yep. Um, cool. And then just please remember, if you're listening to this, take a minute and go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating. It helps us, um, be able to grow this. It helps us, it'll help us start to work towards getting sponsorships to really help Laura and I make better podcasts, get more guests, um, better Mm -hmm. sound quality. So please take the time, give us a shout out on iTunes. Yes. Awesome. All right. Okay. Okay. So we're doing a letter. We're doing another letter this week. And we, you wanted to talk about forgiveness anyway. Yes. And I did. And then I didn't. And then I did. And we have a really good. (laughs) And now you don't. (laughs) So we know um, probably like shame, it is one of those topics that's hard to get into, but important. Uh, So we have a letter. And I will read it. This came into Dear Hip Sobriety, and it is from Longing to Forgive Myself. When I was in my dark drinking days, I made some horrible mistakes, the most egregious of which is I engaged in some highly inappropriate behavior with a man who is not my husband. I'm married. My husband found out. I got sober. We spent many hours in therapy, and I thought I'd forgiven myself, healed my relationship, and moved on. However, recently some friends found out about my indiscretion. They confronted me about it, wanted to know if it was true, and a whole mess of drama ensued. It was awful to have my past brought up again. All of this stuff took place over four years ago. But what was worst of all was how much it highlighted how awful I still feel about what I did. What I want to know is how do you truly forgive yourself for the mistakes you made in the past? I want to leave my past behind and move forward but I found that my old demons haven't truly been put to rest. And when they were dredged up, it hurt immensely all over again. I feel so far away from the way I was behaving when I was drinking. I truly feel like a different person in so many ways, but I still feel so ashamed and ashamed about what I did. How can I let go so I can focus on now? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so why don't you start? I mean, why don't you start? Why don't like so we're we're going to try and structure this a little bit. Um it's so funny this that as you're reading it, I'm getting more and more tired. It's like um I don't know what it is, but it makes the whole idea of approaching this um I, it's like it's low, it's very exhausting for me to think about talking about it. And I think honestly it's because um it's such a big deal. Um, and it's also something that happens not dramatically or instantly. It's something that it's like, it's something that happens over time. And, and anyway, so I'm, we decided that we would start this out by talking first of all about the things that you and I have had to work really hard to forgive ourselves for. So what, what's been the hardest thing for you to forgive yourself? What, what's, what's been the hardest thing to forgive in yourself? Right. Yeah, I uh, there's two things that stand out the most. One uh, I've already talked about extensively, which is drinking as a mother uh, and, and all of my shame around that. And then the second piece is also uh, around this, around my husband, my ex-husband. And surprisingly enough, I've unpacked a lot more of my daughter daughter's shame than I have around my ex-husband. Um, and I, I too, I, I mean, I, this, I, I could have written this letter except for the fact that I'm not together with my husband anymore and we didn't work it out and it wasn't, our issues were not, um, solely, you know, and I'm not presuming that this letter writers issues were only about her drinking and, and what happened with this guy but it wouldn't I you know I think it's important to say for me and and maybe for other people listening that a lot of people have presumed that my marriage ended because of my drinking and that wasn't really it it certainly didn't help anything it certainly was a big a big huge factor in it but it wasn't 
this, it didn't play out. That wasn't the ending. I behaved terribly and we could repair it. It was much bigger than that. Um, that said, the things that I, the way I behaved in my marriage is absolutely one of the things that I have the most shame around. And it's less shame to me now than it is, um, it is, it is regret. It is sadness around how I behaved and how I hurt him and how I hurt myself. Um, I too had a lot of inappropriate relationships and interactions with other men a lot. I had a lot of lying, a lot of, um, you know, things we do when we're drinking, hiding and stuff. So that, that has been by far the hardest for me. And, you know, I'm four years away from being separated. We divorced last year. So we haven't been together for over four years. Uh, and I'm almost two years into sobriety. And I will say that the, the change that's happened over time for me, it has absolutely been, like you said, a slow process of peeling back layers but there was a choice. There was a, a, a time when I realized I had to forgive myself for sort of give myself a blanket forgiveness until I was able to really look at it and to really understand that it wasn't my, it wasn't all my fault. The way I, the things I did when I was drinking, I was absolutely accountable for. They happened. I did them, but getting, being addicted and that wasn't my fault. I didn't, I didn't choose that. And I, and I have had a lot, I've, I've been heartened a lot by how I feel and I behave as a sober person because I just know that I wouldn't do those things. When this letter writer says, I feel like a different person, um, I feel, you know, I feel like not like the woman I was before. It's true. She's not. She's not that person. Um, but she also, she did, she also is not, not that person, you know, that is part of her, but it's not where she lives now and it's not what she's doing now. So I think a lot of it is we tend to want to like chuck off whole parts of ourselves and think that we can't both live in forgiveness, but also deal with periods of regret and waves of regret and waves of shame. Um, and that's not been my experience. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll address, you know, I'll, I'll dig into that more as I address her and, you know, sort of how I worked through that process and how I continue to work through it. Honestly, it's something that I peel back layers on and, and the more distance I get on it. Um, and it's not just time. I mean, there, there has been a ton of work. All, yeah. A lot of my work has been around this the steps, <clears throat> big part of it, therapy. She says she went to therapy after that. Um, but you know, that, that to me is a very ongoing process. Like I, I'm still in therapy. Um, and it's still something I work through all the time. It's something I pray about. It's something that is ongoing. Um, and I continue to, to work at it. It, is not just a product of time. So when I address her, which is our second part, I'll, I'll talk more about that. But what about you? What's the, what are the things that you had to work hardest to forgive? Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting because we've talked about this before. We talked about this in the friends episode about atonement. And Mm -hmm. I, when I came out of this, my list, of grievances was not really towards anybody else. I hadn't really done anything to anyone else aside from, you know, not showing up at things, not being there for people. Um, you know, I hadn't, um, you know, I'd made a mess with, with some men relationships. I'd gotten some really awful fights with some friends. Um, not even necessarily related to alcohol, just related to being so unhappy. And, um, but I, when I got to the point of starting this, the my the list of grievances I had were against myself. The things I had done mm-hmm. to myself were the things that were, I would say, um, the hardest, the hardest pills to swallow and the hardest things to let go of. Um, yeah. 
I hated myself. I mean, I hated myself. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I started to move through this and say, I've got to go out and fix this with this person and this person and this person. It was really clear to me from a really, really early point that I needed to fix the relationship that I had with myself. And so, um, because I was so cruel to me. (laughs) My loop in my head was just my, I mean, if we want to talk about forgiveness, the loop in my head was, I believe the only way that I was ever going to get better, and I'm air quoting, get better, was Mm -hmm. if I beat myself into submission. And so that's what my mind sounded like. It was just this constant, 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 like, um, uh, what? Are, what's even like the word for it? It was just the. It was this like like fucking prison guard that was just constantly beating the shit out of me for everything that I did and holding me to the like nailing me to the cross for everything that I did. Things that I like. If I said the wrong thing, if I if I lost my temper, if I um didn't um like if I didn't clean my kitchen, if I you know whatever it was, I yeah, it like, turned into all the little things too. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just all the, I mean, it was just, I was, I hated myself and I thought I did everything wrong. What do you mean it turned into all the little things? Well, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking it's like the big, the big voice, but it's like manifests in every part of your life. Like everything you're doing is wrong. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. I mean, everything about me was wrong. Like that's, that's really what it came down to, which is I did not like myself. Um... So I don't know. It's like it's one of those things. That it's really hard. Like my whole head, like my mind is spacing out around this because it's like actually so large. But I, you know, like there are there's no real one big thing. I mean, like there, there just there isn't. There's just the there is the fact that I was I was abusive to myself um, more than yeah. than anybody could have been abusive to me, um, and more than I could have been abusive to anybody else. I was just I was, yeah. So. Um, I think that's good enough. Okay. <laughs> I think I think that is there's a quote I posted on Instagram from Alanis Morissette. You just reminded me of it. That's why I was flipping because it said, To whom do I owe my greatest apology? No one has been crueler than I've been to me. Yeah. 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 And, um that's good enough. Like you don't, you know, I think the the big work is in what she's asking about it forgiving yourself yeah you know? yeah some of us some of us don't project don't you know I'm sure Matt given him not long enough time or whatever you probably you could have hurt other people more <laughs> but I'm sure you, you, and I'm but, sure I did yeah, hurt other people I know I hurt other people but that wasn't what I'm saying is that was not the the that was not the thing that was the the heaviest for me I mean it was right. just um, with the, the heaviest thing to me was that I had, um, I had left myself and, and, yeah. and I had beaten myself for so long that, um, and let other, like, and really like in all my relationships, like really allowed for myself to, uh, I never was there. I didn't, I left, I, I didn't protect myself, you know, like yeah. left you, I mm-hmm. left me years ago. And, um, so yeah, so so it's it's like it's really hard to say. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, and then like there's you know there's one interesting thing that happened after I got sober, which is I I killed my cat. <laughs> and <laughs> when you say that, it sounds so. But I know that's what you actually feel. That is what I feel. I left. I I I had a fourteen year old cat that was blind, and. Um, she I left her with it. <laughs> it still gets me but I left her um when I left my job I, I went I traveled and I left her with a neighbor and she died of a broken heart she just her health yeah. went just she she died in two months and um I wrote a piece about it that I've never published because <laughs> it's so outside of what I normally write but um I knew in my mind, I knew I'd had dreams leading up to leaving that I was going to kill this cat. Like I knew that like me going was going, that she was going to die of a broken heart. And then she did. Mm-hmm. And I, I put her to sleep. I was back in San Francisco when she got really sick and I took her to the vet. And, um, and also 
I had taken her in a year before or two years before. Um, and this is like part of the shame too, which was that they had, I had taken her in when I was in the middle of just like my downward spiral and they had told me she had high blood pressure and I didn't catch that. I never got her pills filled. And so she died Mm. of a stroke from that. And so, um, and they like actually said, you didn't like, we told you blah, blah, blah. You didn't. And I said, oh my God, I I just, I know, I know, I know. And so, um, so anyway, I, I like, after she died, I, I went, I was talking to my coach like a week later. I left, like, I, I like let it go for one day. I cried for one day and then I was telling my coach about it and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay with it and blah, blah, blah. And as I'm talking to her, we were Skyping and my hands slowly crept up to like choking myself as I was talking to her. No, I mean like, just like, you know, when you put your hands on you and then like slowly my like left and right hand were around my throat as I was talking to her, not like actually choking myself, but I was just like, that was, that's where my hands landed. And she said, so you're totally yeah. fine with this. And I was like, I think I'm handling it really well. And she said, why are you joking yourself? <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, so yeah, so it's like, that is one thing that I still, um, I like, you know, to be honest, it's something that I, um, like the Dalai Lama, there's a really great like Pema talk and I know we're getting, I'm getting off topic with this, but for this one in particular, there's a really beautiful Pema talk where she's talking about the Dalai Lama, how, um, I believe that somebody that he'd counseled had committed suicide and how he, um, when we're talking about forgiving ourselves where somebody's really, really hurt at, at, um, based off of our our actions when we're involved in something Mm -hmm. right um that we can let that the the goal is not just to move past it and be like whatever the goal is to to be able to not hold yourself over the fire for it but to allow your heart to be broken over it to allow your heart to essentially like remain open and allow your heart to break not to close down and say what like i'm letting that go like but to actually be able to forgive yourself to forgive yourself and not hold the hot burning coal in your hand and and you know like just beat the shit out of yourself to forgive yourself but still to let your heart break for it and so for me with with my cat that's where I am I'm not still like I really like it's hard I I do I am certain that there's still points of not forgiving myself for it but it is more just like being okay that my heart breaks that that I was involved Mm -hmm. in 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 that I had some part in in breaking my cat's heart so much that it died and yeah, I, you know anyway so no it's not anyway you don't <sighs> it, it's not it's not anyway you don't it, that point is really important it's the and I get it because that's how I feel about my husband ex-husband and my daughter too I my heart breaks again and still every time I revisit it every time I talk about it and I hope that it always does not in a self-harming way, not in a punishment way, but because it did happen. Yeah. You know, it did happen. And it and there isn't an excuse for it, and that's okay. It doesn't hurt it doesn't it's not supposed to hurt less. It's not supposed to be wrapped up in a bow or whatever. Right. It, 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 you know, ever. It's supposed to it is a mistake. It was a big mistake that you made out of your humanness. And these are big mistakes I made out of my humanness. And, and I, I didn't know the things I didn't know. You didn't know you, you made decisions as a sick person taking in a cat, maybe for selfish reasons. Maybe there was, you know, you, you were trying to save yourself in this cat or whatever. Maybe I was, I was had, you know, all kinds of reasons why I was doing the things I was doing. And some, not all of them were horrible. Well, I took in the cat. I mean, I took in the cat because I wanted to save the cat. Like, there was all good intentions for having that cat. Like, not giving her the right medicine. I don't understand what you mean. But you didn't... I I think... All I'm saying is there are real things that you did to contribute to breaking her heart, right? Yes. There are real things I did. And it's not to excuse yourself or say none of that is my fault it's to give yourself the the, it's like you said to give yourself the to the chance to move past it so that and to and to keep your heart open yes um especially for those who have hurt us I mean that's that's where the you know where I want to go with this and for her 
is there is a choice there, right? You, you had to make a choice at some point over many things to forgive yourself. I've had to make a choice and I will continue to do that. And you will continue to do that. Yeah. Um, the alternative choice is a, the a same kind of death, you know, as we experience when we do anything else harmful to ourselves and it keeps us stuck and it makes us unavailable. Okay. So let's, let's go to, um, let's go to how we would address her and how, or I'll go to how I would talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, no, no, no. You can't talk like you've got to talk about how you've actually forgiven yourself. That's the, Oh, (laughs) okay. So, so the way, the ways, the ways that I have learned to start forgiving myself for, for the thing specifically with my husband, ex-husband, uh, I keep saying that people are going to think I'm a weirdo. (laughs) Um, He's been the both. way that I've he's been both the way that I've that I learned to forgive myself um, was it, there's many things, but I started talking about it a lot. I didn't talk about it just once and work through it and then lock the door in on it and, you know, put it away. I, I talk about it still and a lot because I have learned that that is the way that I make things less scary for me, and it's also a way that I learn to digest things. Like one of the things I get from from her letter is that she thought, you know, she thought she was through with this. And like we think that once we hope that once we process some of this really hard stuff, that it's over. And what I have experienced is that there's always more layers. It, it revisits itself in strange ways. Um, I will get reminded of something and I'll be right back to a place where I remember a new thing. I'll see an expression on his face, you know, when we're talking or I'll hear something in his voice and I will remember a a new way that I had hurt him, a new way that I had behaved and I have to forgive myself all over again. Um, So I... A big piece of the healing for me has been therapy. A big, big, big piece has been doing meetings and having a sponsor and doing step work. Like the step, the step work is really what this is about. Um, understanding your part in things, understanding why and, and moving through it, processing it. Um, and the big, a big piece of this is I, I was thinking about what Rob Bell said when he was on and what he talks about a lot is this game of blaming and, you know, being a good person or a bad person, uh, is never the game that we've been playing ever. And understanding not just in an intellectual level, but at a heart level that I, there are parts of me that have never been bad, that have never been ruined, that are perfect in the sense that they're they're divine. You know, they're part of they're part of the whole, they're part of God. And I fall back on that more than anything else. Um and I think I did from the very beginning uh, when I started to crawl out of this was say, okay, so I, w- I am this person. I, I am not a person that intends, that has ever intended to hurt people. I'm not, I never saw myself as a liar. I never saw myself as someone who would cheat on their husband. I never thought I would do all these things that I, that I did when I was drinking. And part of that um, was I got really sick. I got, became a really sick person. Um, and part of that was I gr- had to grow up somehow. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the, way, the ways that we grow up is by hurting people and being an asshole and being a total jerk um, and 
feeling the pain of that and then having to forgive ourselves. So a big piece of that was just knowing that, you know, knowing that I didn't do these things because I'm a horrible person. I did these things because I'm a human and I was sick. I was confused and I was misguided. Uh, At times I was very selfish, Um, but to return again and again to that's not who I am. There are things that I have done, but it's not the total of who I am. That for me has helped me. It's helped me forgive and it helps me forgive over and over. This isn't a conversation. It's not a conversation that I have with myself in it, you know, in an evening while I'm (laughs) praying and it, and it goes away. It is a process. And sometimes it takes many conversations and many nights of prayer and lots of tears and lots of processing. Um, But that's, that's how I've moved through. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I I love what you said about that. Like, um, it's what I've been, it's a concept I've been thinking about a lot recently, just about how that part, there's this this part of us, like it's, I've been, because I've been reading A Course in Miracles again, but there's two parts of us. There's ego and spirit and spirit doesn't understand what the ego is whatsoever. It just can't even hear it (laughs) just because spirit's always intact. Spirit's always intact. And ego, like, doesn't understand what spirit is because ego is is (laughs) the opposite. It's, you know, it's a scheming mess of thing. And so it's Mm -hmm. just like, the 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 spirit is always there it's like it, it it actually can't be touched by anything that's not real and um all this stuff that we create all this illusion all this crap all this maya is just like it's it's actually it cannot touch what we truly really are um yes, yes. and that's just such an important concept to understand like we are never broke like that part of us is never broken it's actually never touched it's why you know it's why we say especially right now in this world with all the shit that's going on that you that you we there are no evil people there are evil there are people that do evil deeds right there are no yeah. evil people there like everyone has this beautiful like um i was at a buddhist group the other night and we like uh, an italian buddhist group and they were talking about buddha nature like like our job is to remind everybody they have this buddha nature they, that everyone has this potential everyone has mm-hmm. this thing in them um because everybody has this pureness that cannot be touched by all the shit that we do on the outside um and so it's it's just like it's a point that's been coming at me again and again and again over the last couple of weeks in all different directions. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing to remember that that everybody is 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 already redeemed because the parts of us that, that are real um, are 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 intact. And yeah, and I love how you said that when our ego is working and when our pain pain is working you know like Eckhart Tolle says our pain body we truly can't remember that like we can't feel that part of ourselves no, we've disconnected from mm-hmm. it we've we've told we've told it we've we've shut it off we shut off our connection and we're just yeah. we're we're screaming you know I love this the Bhagavad Gita in, in Iknath Eswaran's um, translation of it he says death is nothing but you know the removal of a coat um and and I love that just because we we put on our our spirits always there you know like our spirit that buddha nature whatever that is that truth of us is always there it's just wearing a coat and that coat Mm. is what goes around and does all this shit and so it's it's remembering that we're not the coat but we're the we're actually the thing that's 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 wearing the coat the this you know the our 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 higher self or whatever you want to call it yeah and i would and, and yes and i think there's those those concepts like can be Sometimes they can, to me, feel really comforting and sometimes they feel too esoteric. And when they feel too, too esoteric for me, that's when I go to the work of like digesting the things that I'm thinking and that I'm tired. Like I, I rely on other people, <laughs> you know, like you, um, to talk me through something. Like I, you know, I kept thinking to, uh, with her, I, I really wondered what a recovery looks like, like who's in her life that she could talk to about this. Yeah. Um, Can I talk about what I did to work through my self-forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. 
Um, I did a lot. This is, I think, where most of my work has actually been focused on um, because uh, the first realization that I had was that I hated myself. That was the first thing that I realized was that my um, mind was very sick. Um, I wrote out a list of, of all the things that I was scared about, and um, it was a very upsetting list. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so one of the first things that I did was I started to, I think probably one of the first things that I that I really had to realize, and, and this came very early on, was understanding that forgiveness was not something that I was going to seek outside of myself um, and that there's only one person that can forgive us. Um, we're not being held in, con- like there is no punishment. To me, this is this was a thing that came very clear, was there was no, there was no, God I needed to seek forgiveness from I you know like I had already I I mean it was that the thing for me was understanding that forgiveness had already been given and that was already mine that was that was that was already there the 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 hell is that we don't believe that that's mm-hmm. what the hell is. The hell is us not believing that forgiveness is already ours, believing that we have to actually punish ourselves. And this is what you see in our society. We believe that, you know, like there's this really great part of James Barraza's Awakening Joy where he talks about this one village where this, the whoever commits a crime is put in the middle of a circle and everyone goes around and tells a story of that, that person's like the 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 beauty of that person, their inher- their inherent like love, and so mm-hmm. they're not punished. They're reminded, and that was a very very big concept for me early on. Was understanding that I was the only one. I held the key. I did not like. I did get on my knees. Believe me. I mean, my prayer back in Rome. It's so funny because my prayer is much different now. But my prayer back then, and I've talked about this before, was please make me good. Please make me good. Please make me good. Please make mm-hmm. me good. And that was not the prayer that I. That was not like that was not the really truly all that I needed to do was say like please accept that you're already forgiven. Please accept that, yeah. that you, that this is yours right now. This is your right to, to, you know, like, and, and only you are going to hold yourself in contempt. And so for me, that was a big deal was understanding that I had to do the work and that there was only one person that was going to release me. And that was me. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was one big part of it. And then another big part of it was that um, I really started to understand um, my innocence. And I started to step outside of myself. I was so in in hate. I had so much hate for myself. Um, and I knew I needed to fall in love with myself on some level And if I was going to get better. I knew that, like, I had to really... I had to go back. I had to go back to her. I had left her. And so I really spent a lot of time outside of myself with me and just saying, like, was seeing the innocence in that I had been trying the whole time, very yeah. misguidedly. But I really did a lot of work of saying, like, oh, su- like, sweetie, oh, beautiful, oh, you know, whatever words were kind to myself. I spent a lot of time sitting outside and, and appreciating the struggle and appreciating um that I needed me I like I needed me to come back and I needed to I needed me to be kind to myself and I needed me to fall in love with me and 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 protect me and and see all of that goodness that there was there and so I I mean I did a lot of time like just you know going back to previous me's I wrote this really really great post that I'd love to share um on um how to how to um go back and re and and reformulate a memory i can't remember what it's called exactly i'll have to find it but it was you know i spent a lot of time just doing work around going back and 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 showing up for myself when um nobody was there you know to protect me and anyway so like that was a big part of it was just number one understanding only i could forgive myself number two just such falling and like falling in love with myself and and realizing that if if i didn't do that either nobody was going to do that um and just going (laughs) easy on myself and being there with me in all those moments when i had done all of those things that were just awful um you know be like mostly to myself like i said you know the the amount of of self torture like sticking forks down my throat or you know smoking you know scraping resin out of a pipe and you know like just like and smoking that and putting that into my lungs or you know texting him 
you know, 40 Mm -hmm. times, like, you know, throwing myself at him, um, giving sexual favors, you know, to like get him to like me, Um, you know, like Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. It was just like going back and and being with me as I was doing those things and, and really having such compassion for that girl who was just trying to find love, you know, who really was just so misguidingly trying to find love. And so that was another part of it. And then the other part that I'll say is that I also believe firmly that, that it all had to happen the way it did for me to be sitting right here and talking to you. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this, there is this great, um, thing I read, thank God in October two not in July, 2012, before I got sober, I read wild on, on a trip in Costa Rica. And this passage was just like, it burned. It says, it's Cheryl Strayed. And she says, what if I forgave myself? What if I forgave myself, even though I'd done something I shouldn't have? What if I was a liar and a cheat and there was no excuse for what I'd done other than because it was what I wanted and needed to do? What if I was sorry, but if I could go back in time, I wouldn't do anything differently than I had done? And what if I'd actually wanted to fuck every one of those men? What if heroin had taught me something? What if yes was the right answer instead of no? What if what made me do all those things everyone thought I shouldn't have done was what also had to get me here? What if I was never redeemed and what if I already was? And to me... Oh, love it. I know, it's just, it's such a good passage, but it really was, I believe, like I had to go through all of that to do what I'm doing today for sure because guess what? I can talk to people about sticking forks down their throat and I can talk to people about sucking dick and what, you know, like that. I can talk Mm -hmm. to people about killing their cats. I can, you know, like all the stuff that I've done um, has, has led me, not only has it led me to today, but it's also instilled in me an awareness and, and, and an empathy and compassion, um, not just for myself, but for, you know, for, for everyone that I meet on this path. And, um, and then the last thing that I'll say is that I've done, I've done a lot of work on forgiving other people. Um, a lot of work on forgiving other people. It's been just as big of a part of my path as, um, as working on myself. And, and this is important because when we can actually, like there's that, that I posted this this week, giving it is how you keep it. When you're able to forgive somebody, and this doesn't mean you have to like them or make them your friends, but when you're able to actually see through to people, like to people, to, to the, the love that is actually there underneath all of that, when you're, when you're able to not walk around and and hold contempt for everybody and um and 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 really truly truly find that place in you that has compassion for them and their humanity um that for me has also been one of the biggest parts to it as well I I do a lot of work oh you just got garbly again (laughs) I do a lot of work on making on 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 finding peace with other people and really truly trying to see to the humanity and 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 the love that's actually um in everyone and for me that just helps because if I give it to them then I get to keep it for myself meaning if I can forgive them for doing awful fucked up things um then I can do that to myself as well um so that's I mean that's those are the big things that I've done um and so much more (laughs) like I could go on I know and on but that's what this work is it is it's about like self-love is really truly you know the basis of all this and self-love comes from forgiveness for oh forgiveness yes ma'am yeah I'm so glad you brought up the part about others forgiving others I left that out but it's also a big part of of my own work too and I think it's like the part you can't really do without you can't (laughs) and it's the hardest it's the hardest for me it's really the hardest and um but it got a lot easier when I started to behave behave like a really shitty person (laughs) it did I mean you know I think that's what happens right when we go through something really painful we just end up having a lot more compassion because it's an equalizer it's like oh all these things that I thought I couldn't experience that I thought I was better than you know doing or feeling or whatever I'm not yeah 
Well, I think it's hard, but I also think it's like, for me, it's not like I just walk around and I'm like waving a magic wand and saying, forgive me, you know, like for me, it's a lot of work to get there. Yeah, it's a lot of work to get there. It's a practice when, you know, like, I mean, you and I just went through this recently, you know, and like, it's a matter of like truly being able to like process what you're feeling, but at the same time, like realizing like it doesn't, it's not going to do you or them or anybody any good to um to hold on to something you know like everyone really if you just go around and you remember everyone is trying their best everyone is trying their best even if their best looks like you know vicious violence it's it's you know it's where we are yeah anyway okay Okay, so let's move towards just helping, you know, giving some suggestions maybe of, of where of where she can start um, to work on this specifically. Like, why don't you and I yeah. each give, like, three tips or, or whatever, however you want to do it. You go. Okay. Uh, I have, yeah, so, so obviously, like I said, this letter, I could have written it, you know, and I, <clears throat> I had a few specific reactions. One, one is less about forgiveness, but just more framing, you know, what it seems like happened. Her, her friends bringing this up and needing to know is about them and not her. Um, it's their stuff and not her stuff. And she, you know, she might not, she might already know that. Um, it's, it's one thing to know it and another thing to, to not feel the react, you know, the, the reverb of bringing this stuff up again, which is what she's asking about. But I, I do want to say, their reflection or their they're asking and needing to know is isn't have anything to do with her with her and the the second piece was she you know i i don't get a sense from her letter what her recovery has been like and what her sobriety is like and what the quality of her sobriety is like she said that this stuff took place four years ago but she doesn't you know, talk about what these last four years have been like and sort of how I get the sense and don't know if it's true, but I get the sense this is something that she really kind of boxed up and tried to move on from. And understandably so. <laughs> we all like don't want to keep revisiting those times, but um, the pain in this case, I think is a, truly a blessing and a teacher that she needs to go back in the direction of these things. And it's not, coming up to punish her, but it's coming up to allow her to work through places where she's not healed. Um, and I would say, you know, therapy is still something I recognize, I recommend and, um, encourage anyone to get through. It's like, I don't, I don't, I, to me, it's such a crucial part of, of working through stuff like this, um, to have, to, to digest what happened and ideally someone who gets, recovery too so there's that and then you know working with people who understand having friendships and connections and relationships with people who understand what this is like and meeting people in recovery uh, women and you know I guess men too could be part of it but I know so many women who have this story so many and I would have never talked to those women about it had I not been in recovery and I would never relate in the same way and I would never get relief in the same way and I would never be able to process my own experience in the same way with um, people who were and hadn't experienced uh, addiction and gone you know into sobriety and are in recovery so I would say that's another another piece um something you know like working through you know the steps it to me I don't know if that's been a part of her thing either but you know it's it's still I guess it points to the two things I had talked about therapy you know talking to someone and working with other people in recovery so any way that she can process this this stuff that that comes up and it's going to keep coming up and knowing that it doesn't mean that something's wrong um that it's coming up and also you know pointing back to to what you talked about so well and and what I mentioned is reminding herself of her her basic goodness. Um, Pema Shodron is an amazing teacher on this for me. Um, 
any of her talks and I'll link to some of them when we post it, but any of her talks deal a lot in forgiveness and self-compassion uh, are hugely helpful for me, no matter what I'm dealing with, but especially with the stuff around my husband that I dealt with and, and my mom stuff. Um, and then the, the, the last thing I'll say is she, you know, she said, I feel like I'm, I'm a different person in so many ways. And I feel so far away from how she was behaving when she was drinking. And I want to just remind her that she is, you know, she is the person that she feels like today that that's not fake. She's not a fraud. She's not, um, <clears throat> imagining that she is a different person. She's not the person that did those things, but she also is. And that those parts of her need to be reconciled. Um, and integrated into her experience now by doing some of the things that we talked about. Um, and also just saying, you know, as a woman to longing to forgive myself as a woman, as someone who was married, as someone who did all those things and f had, had the same feelings about it. I understand and you're not alone at all. And so much of what we do, um, with men in drinking is really shameful and it's not, it doesn't define who she is. It's a really, it's a really common thing, unfortunately. And it's, um, there's nothing that she could have done that is not forgivable. Um, so it's like you said, she has to give that to herself and give it time yeah. and give it time. Well, in, in the stuff we do with men, you, you, you mean it feels shameful. It feels very <laughs> shameful, and it and it's so common. It feels yeah. very shameful. It's yeah. it's um, among the most self annihilating behaviors that I had. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Beautiful, and I'm so glad that you said that thing about her friends because um, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. And that's about that. So what else? What were you going to say? What else besides that? Or you can say that too. Well, I think it. that like, I think one of the things that's helped me the most is, um, is remembering that like, it's something that I say to a lot of people, which is just like, you know, if, if your name was, let's just say if Laura wrote me this letter, I would just say like, can you please tell my friend Laura to go easy on herself right now? That's what I would say to you. I would say, can you please tell Laura to go easy on yourself? Like, go easy on herself. Tell her she's beautiful and she's trying and she's doing all this work and that she really needs you to, like, be with her. And really, like, so essentially the, what I'm saying is that the one of the most helpful things that I have found is actually realizing that I am the guardian of myself and that mm. if I don't do these things if I don't stay with myself if I don't forgive myself if I don't love myself no matter what I have done then no one else I can't expect to get that anywhere else I'm the only person in the world that can do that for me I am the yep. only person in the world that can do that for me it doesn't matter what other people say or don't say or do or don't do it doesn't matter if your husband is the most loving forgiving man in the world and has forgiven you five million times over like it is you that has to do that work and for me it's such a really a valuable tool has been to um create this idea that I'm here and I'm responsible to do that like that's my job yeah. is to stay with me and so I would I would put a lot of emphasis on that and I think that it's also helpful sometimes for this girl today for you today longing to forgive to to maybe Get in, get on your meditation pillow and in your mind, just go visualize going back to you who is doing that, who is in so much pain yep. that, that you were doing those things that, that you, that were out of alignment with what, what you feel, you, you know, like how you want to live in this world and go back and be with her and have compassion mm -hmm. for her, like have compassion and tell her it's going to be okay. It's going to feel like this and all this is going to happen, but I'm telling you, it's mm -hmm. going to be okay. And I'm here for you, waiting for you on the other side. So there's, yeah, I, I think that. so much work to be done that we can do for ourselves when we actually give, when we actually allow ourselves to realize 
realize that we are the ones that um, somebody texted me this today. You are the one you've been waiting for. One of my friends did. Mm -hmm. And um, when we realize that we are the ones that we've been waiting for, we realize we are actually the ones that are the judge, jury and executioner. There's so Mm -hmm. much in that. Um, And then I also think so tools wise, um, A Course in Miracles has helped me profoundly with this. It just has. It's like probably of all the things like, well, Dark Side of the Light Chasers is great by Debbie Ford. Dark Side of the Light Chasers is so good because it talks about our shadow side and how like there is we're like we're all of it. We are we are all of it. We are the evil and we are the angel and that that's like the human like the humanness of us is that we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And in this path, this is a good point that I probably should have talked about earlier, but our paths are not to like I'm not on a path, Holly. I am not on a path to um, become good. I am not on a path to just not be a like to not mess up, make mistakes, um, and and only hold these like positive qualities or what I see as positive qualities. I'm on a path to accept all of what I am, and like that's the shadow side of us. So not just not just these like pleasant things, but all the unpleasant things, the jealous yeah. part of me, the gossipy part, the drama queen, the whatever. And so um, doing work on integrating the shadow side and realizing that what we're working towards is not, you know, being perfect, but working towards being okay with being imperfect um, is a really important thing. So Light Side of the Dark Chasers is a great book by Debbie Ford that you can use for that. Um, Picking Up a Return to Love by Marianne Williamson is is one of the best tools I ever used. Gabby Bernstein's work. Absolutely. Yeah. Gabby Bernstein's work is great. Um, I think May Cause Miracles is great for getting to self-forgiveness. It's a big theme of that work. And then um, I also love the audiobook Loving it is by Byron Katie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think especially like for for what you're going through, like it's just it's it's highly helpful to um, to really get down to the bottom of what the truth is, and then just to remember like what what Laura said, which is that um, essentially nothing ever leaves us until it teaches us what we need to learn. And so some of these things do come back and up and, and over and again, um, you know, themes mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, things from the past that haunt us. And all that is, it's not, you know, punishment. All that it is, 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 is a part of you that's saying like, Hey, pay attention. This is, there's something over here. Um, it's just calling you to do some, some more work. It's just leading you in the direction of, of, uh, reading, leading you in, in, in the direction towards where you're going. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I love all your suggestions. I would second those. Yeah. There, and there's so many, many more, but like, those are great. Like what between what Laura and I put out, I think those are great places to start. And I do also second, please find a therapist. Like you're not a counselor, not a couples one for you, just for you. Um, if, if yeah, you don't have one, totally. so important. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's, that's it, it too. Yeah. I think so. Good. I think so. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you too. Wait. Don't hang up, by the way. We're, You've gotten this I habit where of are just you like go- hanging up. Where are um, you going right now? Uh, I have calls with a lawyer. Dario sent me another text with an upside down happy face. I did. He said, he said.